Welcome to the Be Awesome podcast, where we discover ways of becoming our most awesome selves. Let's talk women's health. It's not only topical, but one that hasn't been given its fair due for decades. In most societies, women's health is a taboo subject. These social norms have meant that research and therefore targeted solutions for women's issues have a lot to be desired for. Thank you. Thank you, Ayura. Very excited to be here today and chat with you. Amazing. You know, uh, March seems to be the month when we talk about women's health and it suddenly starts to come into the foray. But frankly, I love what you guys are doing throughout the year because it's something that we need to be paying attention to. And your brand has kind of led the march on women's health in India, right? And brought it to the forefront. Yeah. And from where you sit, although there's growing awareness... But there's so much to be explored. How would we kick off by understanding, you know, from some of the conversations you've had with thousands of women with whom you interact with at ANME, what are some of the nagging issues that bug women? Yeah, yeah. So let me start off with actually telling you a very interesting fact, which is that uh, till 1993, women were not even allowed in clinical trials in U.S. So basically everything that we know so far about women's health is only 30 years old. And uh, the pace of research also hasn't been so high in the last 30 years because large companies haven't focused on it. It's been a taboo topic, been hush-hush, actually not just in India, but globally. Right. Wow. Yeah. And and that's like a shocking fact. You would not think that, you know, till 1993 women weren't allowed. So we don't just know enough about a lot of the pills and medicines that affect women differently Mm -hmm. and uh, how, how do women's hormones work. And the second fact is that even if what has happened right now, if we take today's world, there's a lot of conversation happening, but mostly around hygiene and pregnancy. And that is basically where women's health is. But if you think of woman's life cycle, uh, from the age 10 years old, when she starts menstruating, she Mm -hmm. goes through pregnancy and then goes to menopause and ends it at the age of 60. There are basically three distinct life stages that she's going through. Right. In those life stages, also because the hormonal changes that are happening every month, there are 40 plus distinct health problems that a woman goes through and a man does not. Only 40? 40 plus. So 40 are the large ones. Then of course, there's so many more that you can count off. And literally everything that, uh, that affects women could be traced back to her hormones. And for these 40 plus solution, 40 plus problem, which includes even things like PCOS, endometriosis, uh, solutions are not there as much. There are uh, makeshift solutions. For PCOS, have contraceptives, which is a birth control. For periods pain, uh, have uh, pain relief. Uh, but what about all the other symptoms I have in periods? And even to an extent, uh, the pregnancy conversation is usually around childcare. What do you do to help your child be healthy? What about my postpartum depression and morning sickness? Uh, the third phase in menopause, uh, which you start hitting around 40, 45, there are no solutions. So I feel there is just so much that still hasn't been touched around women's health. 
uh, that needs to be brought to forefront. Um, in the last four five years, I've seen extensive, uh, you know, at least uh, the awareness that femtech or just fem care solutions are a priority in US building up in the last four years. And, uh, you know, uh, we ourselves are a now three-year-old company, so seeing some interesting uh, uptakes in the trend, but there is a lot to cover. I would love to understand how these issues were addressed before, right? Uh, you obviously offer a bunch of solutions through a whole forefront of issues. Mm -hmm. And you talked about repurposing certain drugs, right? So like for uh, contraceptives for PCOS, for example, not specifically for PCOS. So how did we manage this before? Was it all like shoved under the carpet or were there solutions before brands like you came up with yeah. solutions? Yeah, so two things happen simultaneously. One, a lot of these, uh, these issues that I talked about, these are lifestyle issues. Um, and uh, with the pace at which we are leading our lifestyle these days, both on the nutrition side and the stress side, the incidence of these issues have increased. Uh, you did not hear so much about, I mean, right now I see every third woman has PCOS, UTI is every two women. It, that wasn't the case even 20 years ago. Uh, so that has increased, which has increased the pace. On the solution side and what was happening, uh, people were searching for these solutions but not too many were actually getting assessed right and uh, getting the right solution. So only 10% of the women actually got, even from the gynac, uh, a solution. And the remaining thought that maybe there is some problem with me, I don't know what to do. Uh, I'll just, this is how being a woman is and I'll live with it. And you would be surprised that maybe sometimes a lot of us do that too, right? If we are in pain, period pain, we would just let it be. Oh yeah, uh, right. So uh, the, the seeking solution, or to even know that this is not okay in my body, uh, is uh, wasn't the case. Menopause. I I still remember now. Uh, my mother-in-law, she when she'll talk about hot flashes or anxiety, it would be shrugged off as you. She is becoming old or she's becoming crazy. But oh. that is menopause. Oh yeah. So that's how it was being dealt. Ten percent were getting gynec solutions. The remaining were living with it. It's amazing, right? Uh, now, when you mention it, and as I reflect back, I was told to suck it up because every woman goes through something similar. Yeah, yeah. No one told us that it is not okay. Well, I, I guess we didn't know we could say so. But exactly, we just didn't know. We thought this is it, this is how it is. Exactly. You know, uh, you drew a timeline earlier in the conversation where you said, you know, starting from, say, as young as like 12-year-old girls start thinking about health, right? That's as early as we start thinking about specific women's health issues, unlike men, which probably kicks in a little later. Yeah. Let, let's kind of like think, uh, I think this will be quite an in interesting exploration. So for educationally, at least for people to understand. So what are some of the typical issues like in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, that you think are speckled with different issues and so we can watch out for those. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we actually speak to 200 women daily and I try to speak to at least 50 women myself. And what we hear are, uh, so in your 20s, the, uh, the two big ones that we hear are irregular periods and uh, moods. Um, so this is where in your 20s where you know, your lifestyles are changing. 
right. you are uh, starting to work jobs, you're eating like random food, you're enjoying and that's, and you're taking, so your anxiety levels are up, your nutrition is down, so mood swings increase and that starts affecting your hormones uh, significantly. That is just leading to these high incidence of, uh, you know, irregular periods, hormonal imbalances, PCOS, etc. in your 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, in your thirties, the big thing I'm hearing is uh, one weight. Um, a lot of women when they get out of pregnancy uh, because of the hormonal changes in pregnancy, that is also leading to high incidence of thyroid. But uh, apart from that, because you're shifting your focus to childcare, they are not able to give what is needed for them to take care of themselves. So weight gain. And the third thing is collagen there. So your collagen suddenly starts dropping. Uh, it starts reducing at 20s, but 30s is where it starts dropping. So you start seeing dull skin, early signs of aging. Um, and hence, those two are important to look into. Mm-hmm. 40s are the ones where, you know, I wish we talked more about what happens and uh, take care of them early on. Um, so calcium, one weak bones is you will because your calcium uh, reserves in the body start depleting at 30 but you start feeling it in 40 that oh my god now what's happening to my joints right Um, and uh, the second is menopause symptoms from everything from hot flashes to anxiety to even sometimes memory loss and sleeplessness Mm. so the i think it's a great thing you know if we all uh, could see that this is what i need to take care of and hence this is how my lifestyle should be and be in sync with our hormones better, uh, we would actually sail through these. True, actually. So, you know, that kind of leads me to one question that was uh, nagging me earlier. Because a lot of us don't understand our cycles enough, right? Uh, We don't understand menstrual cycles. We don't understand our hormonal fluctuations, which really turn out to be other symptoms as we go through the ages. Yeah, yeah. So... Do they need to be considered specifically while approaching uh, self-care, mm-hmm. menstrual yeah. cycle and hormonal functions? Like how, how, do, how should one go about identifying what's yeah. specifically happening to them? Yeah. So, I mean, I think you're so right. And uh, the, it's very important for us to be in sync with ourselves uh, and know what's happening in the body because women's body is just so um, immensely unique, right? Apart from the three life stages, which are huge in terms of hormonal changes, every month we go to four distinct hormonal uh, uh, changes. And uh, I'll tell you an incident that just happened very recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just feeling very weak. I mean, I came to the office and I was like, oh my God, I'm so weak. And, uh, and in my app, it popped up you are in your luteal phase, uh, you might feel a tiredness today and sleeplessness. So, and it just got me thinking that, you know, um, what we feel in terms of our energy levels, mood, skin, hair, metabolism, and even bloated weight is so related to what's happening with our cycles. If we are in sync with it, we can actually be better. For example, if someone is into fitness, uh, or this training to be, you know, someone really strong and in a sport, uh, you do have more energy in your luteal phase, which is the phase after ovulation. Uh, and you can do more heavy workouts and actually push yourself harder in those days versus when you are menstruating. That time you should go for lighter yoga. So if you actually prepare this way, you would be better. Uh, similarly, in terms of, uh, we hear from so many women. So we have this thing called period tea. Um, a lot of women have told us when they start drinking this period tea, 
in their PMS days, which is uh, two to five days before periods begin, the periods are actually better. So if we prepare our bodies for these phases uh, and or if we take the right care of it, mm -hmm. uh, the days would sail through. Wow, that's actually a phenomenal insight that we don't actually prep for something that comes every month. Yeah. And we take it on like soldiers in battle instead of taking it on as prepared strategies going in. Yeah. And if you go back to, you know, I mean, during pregnancy is the only time when we think of it, you know, this is my month one or my uh, first trimester, second trimester. So that's the only time we eat, drink accordingly, because that's where the child comes in. But Absolutely. if you think of it at our own self, and it doesn't get that difficult because the four cycles keep repeating every month. Uh, if you're just in tune with that, it could make so much difference in uh, our acne, hair, the uh, the anxiety we feel during periods to even cramps. Any uh, suggestions on how to prep for these? Like let's let's take menstrual cycle, right? So it's it's something that we've had tremendous experience in. Mm -hmm. How do I prep for my next one? Yeah. So uh, first thing I recommend is, uh, I mean, if uh, so, the five seven days before your menstrual cycle is going to begin. Uh, just uh, make sure you increase the amount of magnesium you have in your diet. So start eating a banana every day. That's the simplest thing you can do and continue your cycles. Uh, uh, magnesium is uh, good to, um, one, improve your moods. And so with all the anxiety and cravings that build up would be relaxed. Uh, start eating dark chocolates after dinner. Again, good sources of magnesium would help. Uh, start including calcium in your diet because that uh, helps improve the muscle tone. Because what's happening during periods is your um, the um, um, the muscles are getting so tensed. So you have to just relax them and increase their muscle tone. So do light yoga, which improves the pelvic muscles, and that should help you increase the muscles' capacity to take the menstruation better. During periods, uh, do not eat heavy foods because the body is already going through so much. So eat light foods, have lots of juices that will replenish the energy, include uh, ginger in your diet. It's a diuretic. So the bloating and the water retention we feel would be reduced. So just simple things that we do like three to five days before periods and then during periods would be helpful. And then of course, there's a list of uh, other things, but uh, maybe for the next time. <laughs> That's awesome. Um so Annie has been spearheading this cause of women's health for the last three years, right? How has this journey been for you? Yeah, it's been, I mean, honestly, it's been an incredible journey uh, building Anmi. I, uh, I come from a very strong health and wellness background. My mom was a national level hockey player. I uh, used to uh, lead the athletics team at IIT and I worked at Nike before. But, uh, so health and wellness has been a part and passion of what I've always been doing. But building a product for women and building this category, uh, it has been just extremely fulfilling. And there have been time, I'll tell you, during COVID, there was this phase where uh, COVID had just hit uh -huh. and uh, we did not have enough funds to continue. But there were these testimonials that used to come just at the right time and the consumer would email us and tell us, hey, thank you so much for doing what you do. I got pregnant with your drinks or you know, my pain got reduced significantly. And that's what the moments when we knew what we were doing was special. So uh, the journey has had its tough moments, 
we had started offline, uh, but realized that with the taboo nature, it won't work and then pivoted online at one point in time. Uh, and uh, sometimes launching a new product and starting from scratch because you can't just copy anyone. Every time you have to think, what should we do, right? From the format to the formulation to everything. So right. those have been challenging moments, but uh, the satisfaction you get from a good consumer testimonial is can't beat any happiness in the world. Oh, I completely hear you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, what can we look forward to this year from you? Uh, we uh, are very excited uh, to launch a couple of uh, products this year. We want to go deeper in our uh, menstrual care range, uh, which is a pre-pregnancy and uh, the men's, um, the going deeper with our PCOS products as well. Uh -huh. And uh, something towards the end, uh, we're also thinking how to uh, tackle the sexual health for women. Right. Yeah. So few, I mean, there are a lot of products working in the pipeline. Um, our team is uh, deep into it. So excited for what's going to come. Oh, and we'll keep tuned in. Sounds mm -hmm. fantastic. Parting thoughts. I'm, I'm, I think you're getting a fangirl out of me here. Uh, <laughs> what do you do to better your health and well-being? I mean, coming from a yoga expert, ex-Nike marathon runner. I mean, <laughs> I, I could use some inspiration right now. No, no. So what I actually found now, I mean, maybe this is off the record, but uh, we, uh, so when I started my entrepreneurial journey, uh, the first two months, I felt like I was changing as a person. And this is like someone who is so much into yoga and meditation. I felt I was being anxious. I, I used to snap at my husband all the time. That's when I realized, you know, the whole entrepreneurship thing is real. So what I've started doing now, and I just make sure that no matter what happens, I have to do this is uh, I meditate. Uh, earlier, I used to just do yoga. Um, but uh, the power of meditation and what it does to center you. And like you, I also try to get up early uh, because when you can get the silence and you can absorb it, it just mm -hmm. makes the rest of the day better. Right. And these days also I've been using a journal which just makes you reflect during the day to ask you like fun questions, like what are you thankful about? It's right. a it's a innocent thing, but I think it just brings perspective to life. You know, I, I have to ask one last question, even though I said parting thoughts. <laughs> uh, because, you know, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of uh, thinking through on habits and yeah. micro habits. Because uh, at Awesome, we, we kind of like work on that because health can be a difficult journey for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. And it's easier to look at it as a habit forming and, you know, what kind of habits you have, what do I need to change, which then won't feel as big a change. So mm -hmm. give me one habit that you love and one habit that you would look to change? Yeah. Uh, the one habit I love is, uh, I guess it will come back to again, meditation uh, every single day or breathing exercises if I don't feel like I have the focus on meditation. And one habit I wish I could do less of uh, is scrolling through Instagram. There have been points when I've deleted Instagram and I do that. Like right now, I don't have Instagram on my phone. I'll take it off. But when I get it back on, I again, get into that scrolling behavior. So this whole, uh, you know, small attention disorder, I wish I could figure out ways to disconnect better. Oh, and COVID wow. made it worse. Uh, that's because with so much technology, Zoom, you're always on your phone. I think I've become worse after the last year. You know, I think uh, we're all victims of a very similar habit. So here's one thing that I'm doing, and I'm guilty of uh, browsing through my Instagram, especially just before going to sleep, as much as I um, fight it. Yeah. 
so I just tacked on one little small habit of like sipping my nighttime tea with it. Uh-huh. And then it becomes a reminder to say, hey, this is my morning out mode. Maybe it's time to drop the Instagram and then open a book. And so that's, I, I've built it into like, you know, give myself a little bit of a reminder. I don't know if um, that helps, but. Um, no, I think it's uh, it's great. So I do use a bedtime reminder. So the phone just like shuts off at nine o'clock an hour before I have to sleep. But uh, no, I think with adding a tea to it, just like makes your ritual uh, feel like a ritual. And you can do your skincare on the side plus sip a tea. I think that would be, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Please take that. <laughs> cool stuff. Sheeta, it's been a pleasure having you with us today. And thank you for such a fantastic insight into where women's health came from and where we're heading to. It's, it's a revolution of a different kind. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mayura. It was wonderful talking to you. And I'm going to go order my nighttime tea very soon from awesome. <laughs> Thank you.